Welcome to University Hill, located on the campus of the University of British Columbia in beautiful Vancouver. Each week, we gather on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam people. We worship, sing, pray, and engage with scripture as we seek to grow in faith and as followers of Jesus. We pray that this podcast of scripture passages and sermons preached will bless your own faith journey. And of course, you're always welcome to join us on Sunday morning. Check out uhill.net for a Zoom link and more information. Our gospel reading this morning is from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Loving and holy God, bless us with open hearts and open ears that we may hear and feel your call for us today. And when we do, give us the courage to follow. Amen. What do you want me to do for you? Imagine, what would you say? You've been praying for Jesus to see you, to hear you, praying for mercy, forgiveness, attention, and grace. And now you've been heard. Jesus is standing in front of you, asking you the question, what do you want me to do for you? Doesn't it give you goose pimples? (laughs) I'd probably faint. I wouldn't know what to say. Sure, now when there's no pressure, I could think of all sorts of things. I want you to keep my family safe. I want you to remove suffering from the entire world. I want to be granted eternal life. I want you to help me be all you want me to be. I want to raise a new car, a bigger pension. I want you to save the animals. I want you to show me how you see me. I want to be a movie star. I want you to make every single human being know they are not alone. I want to sit at your right hand in all your glory. I want you to make me whole. We can come up with all kinds of answers now, but if Jesus was standing right here, looking me in the eye, looking you in the eye and asking, what do you want me to do for you? I'd just collapse. I'd just collapse. I'd feel like anything I said would be the wrong answer. The story of Bartimaeus also appears in the gospels of Matthew and Luke. In all three gospels, the request have mercy on me is asked twice. 
In all three, the blind man, in Matthew there are two men, refer to Jesus as the son of David. In all three, there are big crowds and the crowds tell the man to be quiet. In all three, Jesus asks the same question. What do you want me to do for you? In all three, sight is restored and the person follows Jesus. But I was thinking, shouldn't it be the other way around? Aren't we supposed to pray to God, your will be done? Aren't we supposed to be kneeling before God and asking to be broken open so we can be of humble service in whatever way God chooses? Your will be done. It's kind of a sermon ender. What else is there to say when Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? And we answer, your will be done. The only thing left to say is, may it be so, amen, and we sing the next hymn. But of course, it's not that simple. Our faith and our confidence in our faith is a complex issue. I'd say one that we don't like to poke at very often. If we look too hard at the depth of our faith, we may discover it's kind of shallow. Sure, we believe in theory that faith can move mountains, but I'm never gonna test it. I don't wanna find out it's not true. Jesus says to Bartimaeus, go, your faith has made you well. What does that mean, well? In what kind of way? Is it up for interpretation? If I pray, if I beg that I want to see, and I mean one thing and God delivers another, am I well? By whose definition? Bartimaeus immediately follows Jesus on the way. Is our faith strong enough? Are we humble enough to accept whatever response Jesus offers to our request? Maybe Bartimaeus got more than he was expecting. Maybe what he received from Jesus was so beyond what he could have imagined on his own that his only response was to follow. Or maybe it didn't matter to Bartimaeus what Jesus' response was. It was that Jesus responded. Faith will move mountains, don't you know? We humans so want to control the narrative and the outcome of our lives. We can't help ourselves. Your will be done. <sighs> Only sort of. Your will be done as long as it fits in with what I've planned out for myself. If I've got a plan to head in X direction and you, God, tell me I'm supposed to go to 341A, well, I might turn to my magic eight ball and give it a good two out of three try, or shake it however many times I need to, to get the answer I want. Yeah, we have a hard time letting go and letting God. And why? Maybe because it's frightening. It's out of our control. It will take us places we don't feel equipped to go. It will make us feel useless sometimes, out of our depths, fearful, incompetent, angry even. We will learn new things about ourselves, some things that we like and some things that we won't like. We'll be required to change, probably to sacrifice in some way. We won't be able to predict tomorrow and that frightens us. 
we may discover our faith isn't as robust as we thought, and that frightens us. What do you want me to do for you? Maybe one of our answers is, but please just leave me alone. I'm quite terrified of where you may be leading me and what you're gonna ask me to do. Reflecting on how we might answer this question may offer us some indications on the health of our faith, which is sometimes hard to look at, but ultimately a great thing to know. Last week, Jesus asked James and John the same question, and they answered, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. This week, he asked Bartimaeus, who said, my teacher, let me see again. Now, Bartimaeus was very loud in this story. He does not seem shy. One might say he's desperate. He's gonna do all he can do to be heard by Jesus. He's making such a fuss that many in the crowd order him to be quiet. How loud are we about our faith? I am the first to admit I'm guilty of keeping quiet. I've never been on a protest march. I have never stood in a picket line. Only once have I joined a candlelight vigil and only once have I written a letter to a member of parliament. And that was 32 years ago and it can still keep me up at night worried that it'll come back to bite me somehow. I stand in the background, I'm quiet. I don't speak out and I live with the guilt of that. What does that say about my faith? How shallow does my faith have to be that I can't get out of my own way to stand up for something or stand with someone? Am I scared to test my faith for fear it won't be that strong? On the surface, I might explain it away as, well, if I state my opinion, people will know where I stand on an issue and it will create division. If I talk about following Jesus in public, someone may choose to never speak to me again. If I offer to pray for someone out there and they reject me, I will feel embarrassed. If I talk about the gospel, I may have to deal with someone's hostility. This is all about rejection, but whose rejection am I worried about? Isn't my one focus to be on following the way of Christ? Who cares what you, my office workers, or the person on the bus who sees me praying thinks of me? A very good friend of mine is constantly reminding, that, reminding me that what other people think about me is none of my business. My strong faith in God should take precedence over these insecurities, right? And let's say we do get loud like Bartimaeus sometimes and someone tells us to be quiet. What do we usually do? We oblige. We probably even apologize. Oh, sorry. Maybe our cheeks redden with a bit of embarrassment. We've made a scene, so we tell ourselves never to do that again. Our expression of faith retreats back into its safe space deep inside us. Is that a fragile faith, a wise faith? Maybe Bartimaeus is exercising a reckless faith because he is not shutting up. 
He is told to be quiet and he just gets louder. He is clear. This is Jesus and he wants to be seen and heard and known by Jesus. We can't put thoughts into Bartimaeus's head, but it sure seems like his faith is unbelievably strong in this moment. That he will walk over glass to get to Jesus because something amazing is gonna happen. Who knows if he knows what? It just appears like he knows something will, and that's enough for him. So what are some clues in the text from today that will help us, equip us to answer Jesus' question? What do you want me to do for you? Psalm 34 opens with, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Bartimaeus cries out twice to Jesus. He calls Jesus son of David and teacher, which demonstrates Bartimaeus's faith in who he knows Jesus to be. And when his faith made him well, he followed Jesus, indicating what he believed in his heart. These are big clues, clear tasks and proclamations. We are to bless the Lord at all times, and that praise for God will continually be in our mouths. That means all the time we are blessing and praising God, all the time. There's not a lot of room left for anything else. And Bartimaeus gives us a great example of being resolute in who Jesus is. There is no doubt for him that Jesus can do anything, that faith can move mountains. There is nothing casual or part-time about the faith demonstrated here. It is all-encompassing, full-hearted, and deeply held. So powerful that the world can do what it likes to Bartimaeus, to us. It can bat us about, break us down, disappoint us, and hurt us. But that's all on the surface. Because we are blessing the Lord at all times, and praise is continually on our lips. We are absorbed by our faith. And so we are resilient and curious and free. Free to let go of our tight control of our plans and goals. Free to be of service where we may not have expected. Free to be led somewhere. And free to explore the question Jesus poses. What do you want me to do for you? If we answer Christ's question with your will be done, it feels a bit too passive now. It lets us off the hook of intentionally thinking about the depth or shallowness of our faith. The answer we offer Jesus to his question will give us great insights into where our faith is at, what our priorities are, and how we are trying to shape our lives. Later today, or later this week, or later this decade, when we hear Jesus ask, what do you want me to do for you? What will we say? Will we have given the question any thought? Of course, God's sense of humor offers a twist because at the end of the day, your will be done trumps anything we can come up with but perhaps because we tend to our faith by trying to answer Christ's question. Then like Bartimaeus, whatever the outcome, we will be so deep in faith 
that we will gratefully and gleefully accept Christ's response, whatever it may be. Bartimaeus cries out to Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus replies, let me see again. May that be so for all of us.